Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show Hello everybody, here's another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have um, a pharmacist by day, Canadian forklift by night, uh, Jess Bittner. How's everything going today? Uh, not too bad, I just got home from work at Walmart, so I can't complain now. Good, good, good. So how's, so you're, you're a pharmacist, so how is everything going on with, you know, the COVID-19 and, you know, working in the pharmacy, like what's that like right now? In, here in Canada, it's less crazy than it was at the beginning. In March, everyone was absolutely panicking, so it was nuts. Um, they thought that they thought that all the pharmacies were going to close, so they're rushing to get their meds, and then we got shortages on everything. Um, now everyone's kind of settled in, which is nice, and we're starting to get busier again, which is good. Yeah. 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 yeah well, well, I mean, that's good. So. How did you how did you get into that that field by the way? Uh, well, I've always been interested in healthcare, and uh, I kind of I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my first year of university actually. So mm -hmm. I took the prereqs for pharmacy and I got in, and it turned out to be something that I actually am really passionate about. Um, and check out from there, I guess. All right, very cool. And and you're you're a fellow type one diabetic. So when did you get diagnosed? with uh, diabetes and how did you kind of react to getting type diabetes? Uh, I got diagnosed when I was 11 and right when I was diagnosed, I don't even think it, it hit me fully because I had been really sick for two, maybe three months before then. Um, so I was just happy to feel better from the insulin they were giving me in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I was really sad about at the time was that I'd have to miss my soccer game, which was the next day. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, it hit me later. I was upset about different things later on. Yeah. So any, anybody in your family diagnosed with diabetes at all or have it at all? Uh, no, nobody has type one except for my great aunt, which uh, actually, she got diabetes when she was four years old, and the marketing of insulin saved her life. Mm -hmm. um, she had it really tough, and actually, I never met her. My mom was too scared to let me meet her because she had a lot of medical issues because of her diabetes. Yeah. Um, but back in those days, you had to boil needles, and um, she told me, my mom told me lots of crazy stuff she had to do, and... I understand why she was missing both feet and she was blind. Yeah. But she still lived to 79 years old. So that's pretty good. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so did your parent? how did your parents like help you out like when you were 11 with your diabetes or like, did you tell, did you tell your friends as well about like you being a diabetic or you kind of like was keeping that a secret? Uh, no, I definitely told everybody. Um, my mom was super helpful. She has a degree in nutrition, so she really helped me with eating foods that would be more beneficial, um, less hard on my blood sugar. She kept a lot of junk food out of the house because I still wasn't super comfortable with eating mm -hmm. stuff that was high in sugar. Um, and as for my friends at school, I actually uh, I got really sick over the summer, and then I switched schools. So I um, someone... I saw someone from my old school about three weeks after, and then you know what they said to me is they <laughs> they said, "Hey Jess, I heard you collapsed on the soccer field and got hepatitis B." 
keys. <laughs> my boss school thought I had hepatitis B. Oh my gosh! It, it, isn't it? Isn't it funny that like word spreads spreads around so quick, and it's like completely false when you get to the person that talks back to you. Yeah, no, I thought that was so funny. Uh, we lived in a fairly small city too, so I was just wondering who'd heard that at that point. Yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> that's crazy. So, um. While you were in high, like like since you were eleven to like high school to college, you know, did you get like any burnout phases at all while you were diabetic? You were like, forget this, I'm done, or did, did you have like no issues throughout the whole time you've been a diabetic? Uh, I never really had any issues with trying to keep my blood sugar under control, but I definitely had a lot of issues with around food and stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially. Um, in high school, I was always, I kind of developed some binge eating, I guess, and I was always the over-exerciser to try and fix it. Um, that was probably one of my worst habits, is I just eat a ton of food, and I knew I could either exercise or do insulin to manage it, and a lot of the time, I just wouldn't do insulin, and I would try to go for, like, an hour jog to try and burn off a blood sugar of 20-something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a big one. Yeah. And then, yeah, college was a different story too, but I definitely, I definitely always had issues with that in high school, I'll say. Yeah. See, with, with me, I got diagnosed later on in life, so I really don't know, like, the earlier stages, like, you know, the younger phases of being a diabetic, so that's why I like always asking, you know, other diabetics to, like, hey, you know, what is it like? Because I was diagnosed at 34, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how long have you had it now? Uh, well, I'm 40 now, so close to five years. August will be five years. So. Oh, yeah. So. August anniversary. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that'll be my, <laughs> yeah, it'll be my fifth one, so. <laughs> cool, yeah. Uh, July 17th, that will be my 14th one. Okay. So do you celebrate your diversity at all, like on Instagram or like social, or do you kind of like, because like, with with my wife when she when I do the diversity picture she's like why are you doing it like it's like you're celebrating you having this disease and I'm like well I'm trying to make light of it because I'm stuck with it and I can't do anything with it so you know might as well just you know celebrate it with a piece of cake or something yeah no I'd rather celebrate my diversity than my birthday probably I think <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I just the person I don't really like birthdays that much plus mine's right after Christmas so Oh. I feel like diabetes is a cool time. Yeah, you kind of got the shaft, huh? Yeah, I definitely <laughs> did. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I usually like to celebrate it by doing something cool. Um, I think I was actually, I was in, yeah, I was in Prague last year, actually, after powerlifting world championships, and they have these really cool, so I just went on a little adventure and was eating not super diabetic friendly foods yeah. <laughs> like they have these things that are like pastries with cinnamon in them and they fill them with ice cream there oh my gosh it's good I don't know I normally never dream of eating one of those just cause not that I don't eat junk food it's just I try not to a lot yeah but it's got cinnamon in it so that'll help you with your diabetes right yeah, yeah. cured 100% yeah that's what everyone thinks like oh eat cinnamon you'll be fine yeah so yeah the weirdest thing someone ever sent to me was um, a picture of a cut in half onion on their heel, and they said it would help my diabetes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I so it's it's funny. Like speaking about that, like I get like occasionally I get these posts on my Instagram, and they're like, "Hey, this doctor helped me out with all vegetables and nothing else, and cleared my diabetes." And I'm like, you know, stop with that crap. You know, that's it's it doesn't work. Nice nice try. So. You know, I always have to delete it because I don't want anybody, you know, that's really desperate with diabetes and being like, you know, hey, this can work. And, you know, then try to go to it and do like an herbal thing and just screw like screw their whole body up. Yeah, definitely. I think people just have such a lack of understanding of the difference between type 1 and type 2. Because the worst people are the carnivore people. The amount of carnivore people that I mean say you won't need any insulin if you eat on the, the carnivore diet yeah it's just not true yeah and it's and it's crazy like 
cows like if you eat meat like if you eat meat you have cows that eat grass and then there's carbs and grass and it absorbs into their muscle so like what what are you you're also eating carbs too it's like you know think about it <laughs> I know, like glycogen yeah well and protein is converted to carbs too so you still need yeah uh, just drive me nuts always need some insulin <laughs> i wish you didn't but yeah i wish there was some crazy diet where you wouldn't need any insulin at all but that's just not a thing yet no no and i don't think it ever will so <laughs> unfortunately yeah. I don't, people always ask if i'm excited for i don't know if they ask you this all the time but if you're um waiting for a cure or something like that but i don't really live my life that way now well when i when i first got diagnosed they told me about the honeymoon phase and i was like praying to jesus like every single day to like you know this is only a honeymoon phase and like I'll just be back to normal when I was before but like you know obviously it never happened but you know I'm I'm you know this is kind of sickening but I'm kind of grateful that I do have it because I get to meet like all these other diabetics in this like amazing community because like I would always want to went on social and just like ask people like okay I don't know what I'm doing here what do I need to do or like you know I like it was funny because like the changing of the Lancet like I never changed the lancet until it got to the point to like it was like sticking in my finger and like I had no clue there was you could change you had to change the lancet until like some pregnant coworker of mine that had you know uh, um, uh, what do you, well my gosh uh, diabetes of being pregnant she was like you don't change your lancet and I'm like well, what do you mean nobody told you no no one told me oh my god see that's something. As a pharmacist, that's actually something I see all the time. People will come up to me, like older type 2 diabetics usually, and they, they'll get a new meter and I'll show them to change the lancet and they'll they'll say, what do you mean? And I'll say, uh, you have to change these. And then they go, oh, and I was like, how long have you had your other poker for? And they, they say 10 years or something. What? One guy said 10 years. Oh my gosh. Without changing his lancet. That's insane. E either he doesn't yet. Yeah, either he didn't use it as not enough, or he just. I, oh God! I can't imagine how blunt that needle was. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, your fingers hurt, and he did have big dents in his fingers. But oh man! And I even checked. They come with those packs of ten, right? In the new meters. Yeah. So yeah, the, the and then you just get like a little box of like thirty or sixty or whatever it is. So. In Canada, they usually come with a little baggie of 10, and I counted his little baggie. There were nine left in there. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy because, like, I was, like, for me, like, I was, like I said, I was always, like, looking online or asking people because my endocrinologist didn't, like, I don't think he even cares of, like, you know, trying to help me out, which is sad because he's just, like, pushing people and getting as much money as, I can, as he can and go from there, so, which is you know crazy I think there's such a gap in care in um, late onset diabetics like yourself with mm -hmm. type 1 I think there's such a gap there because I had a great diabetes education team when I was a kid like a dietitian endocrinologist um, I had yeah, a couple different nurses and I would see them every three to six months the doctor would be available for my mom to call him every Friday morning for questions. But as soon as I became an adult, um, you get kicked out of that group and then yep. there's nothing. My mm -hmm. diabetes doctor sucks. He said he doesn't believe in insulin pumps. I'm trying to get on one at the moment. I'm trying to get on the Omnipod. Yeah. And he said he gave me incorrect info for the office. Um, he didn't even know what it was. Um, he did, he'd never even heard of Fiasp, which was a new insulin I started myself because mm -hmm. you can get it under a pharmacist in Canada. Um, yeah, he he's not the greatest. Yeah, that's insane. Like my my guy. So well, bit bitch section going on right now. So so my guy, he he's he's <laughs> like he's like oh I don't believe in the Dexacom. Like you can get the Freestyle Libre, which I've I've tried, and like the first time. I wasn't really a too big fan of it because I didn't quite understand how to use it. Like my wife got it for me for Christmas. Like she went on eBay to buy like the sensor and the like, you know, the disc on eBay so I could try it out cuz you know, I was like cuz she wants me to have a good normal blood sugar. And so I tried it 
and I would you know scan it, look, and it'd be like stupid high. Take some insulin to kind of counteract, and then like I would check ten minutes later, and it's it's like still the same. Take more insulin, and then like bottom out, and then like I had to eat more carbs and crap, and then try to. It looks like a it looked like a roller coaster if you saw my, and it's like so that's so bad for you to do that, but I was like didn't understand like how to handle you know, the, the Libre. And, and then like, I was leaning over when I was working and nicked, nicked the Libre off my arm from like this, the, the armrest. And so my wife's like, you want to try another one? And I'm like, forget it. Like I'm done. I'm done. And then, uh, my, my neighbor, he was actually on the, uh, a podcast a while back. Uh, his name's Leon, but he gave me like hit this, the 10 day sensor with three discs, the three sensors. And so I tried it for like the whole month and it was a lot better because I got a better understanding how to use it. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I know you have the Libre as well, correct? I do. I yeah. wish I could get the Dexcom, but I just don't have coverage for it. Yeah. Yeah, I even have to get prior authorization to get uh, get the, uh, what do you call it, the Libre. They won't even accept it yet. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. They just said you could just prick your fingers. Your, your, your health, your, that, that's my health insurance. They could just prick your fingers. You're fine. Oh man, see, I'm. There's only a. It's a problem in Canada too, because the government doesn't cover it at all. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, private insurance isn't good either. I hate when I rip a sensor off because, I mean, I don't pay for it now, but I used to pay full price for it for about a year. Mm -hmm. And man, that was a hundred dollar mistake every time. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah. So, with do you have you noticed with wearing the Libre, like your numbers can be like off by like a like a large amount by like pricking your finger then. And from scanning, it is actually it has twenty percent error, so it could be twenty percent higher or lower. So if you're, yeah, so if your sugar is actually ten, it could be eight or twelve. Yeah, yeah, because so I do test my blood. Yeah, so there, there's been times that it, I've checked it and it would be like a hundred twenty point. So like we we don't use like the, the like the up to twenty. We do like you know a hundred, you know two hundred, three hundred, and so. So like I checked it, it was at like 120, and then I checked my blood, it was like another 120 points more than that. So it was like oh, two, wow. 240, and I'm like, what? The, this is ridiculous. So I'm, I'm like, and that that was that was the first time I used it, and you know, and I was like looking when I used it the second time, I saw like a great line going through, and I'm like, is that is that real or is that fake? So. You know. Yeah, like, oh, brutal. I know. The odd time it does that, too, and I have no idea why. Apparently, uh, vitamin C and Tylenol cause it to be higher or lower than expected, too. Huh, I did not know that. Yeah, so if you take a bunch of Tylenol, it'll appear lower than it actually is. If you take a bunch of vitamin C, it'll appear falsely high. Interesting. I did not know that. that that's, that's, a, that's pretty cool. I never noticed that, yeah. That's I don't insane. know if that's the thing with the Dexcom, but it's definitely, I mean, I've studied this a lot because I have to educate people about it. I'm yeah. studying to be a certified diabetes educator so oh, cool. I can officially talk to people about all these devices and stuff. Yeah. So um, there's lots of things I found out about the freestyle that I wouldn't have really known otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, I, want, I wanted to get, because I was in the medical field too, and I actually left last august because i was working in like i was an er like orthopedic technician so if like ki like kids break their bones or whatnot i'll like set their bones back together with like a doctor and then splint them and then just send them off so oh man that would be such a hard job oh i, I love it i love ortho stuff uh, that was that was my thing and then the problem is i was trying to get into nursing school and i it was just a long story but I didn't get in and then I told myself, I'm like, I don't want to be a 40 year old tech because I don't want 20 year old little girls to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, and then I have no idea and I have more experience than they do. Yeah, that's literally, that's what would happen for sure. But no, that job would be like props to you for being able to do that. I I don't know. I guess I went into pharmacy for a reason because it's less, less invasive for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been like my whole like fourteen year career has been like all emergency medicine the whole time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I was I was up in Boston. I used to live in Boston, and I was working during the Boston Marathon bombing. And then I was a uh, I was a medic in the Air Force. Well, I was a med medical technician in the Air Force. So we I did a lot of like ER stuff to help them out. And then I moved to Atlanta, and I was working in the Children's Hospital for like 
geez, like four or five years. So, and then I just, after when I turned 40, I'm like, I can't do it. So. Yeah, you're way too overqualified for that. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But, um, okay, so let's, let's like move on to the powerlifting stuff because that's the main reason I wanted to talk to you. So, so can you tell, can you tell everybody what your numbers are? Cause they are just absolutely ridiculous for your lifts. <laughs> Um, my best, my best, um, my best lift is deadlift and I was able to lift 550 pounds at world or Canadian championships this year. Um, and then for squat, I was able to do 463 pounds and my bench is my worst lift, but I managed to do 230 pounds. Damn, that's good. That's crazy. So how how tall are you roughly? I am five seven and a half. Okay, all right. Well, just just to put it in perspective, I'm six six, and so my my lifts, my back squats four oh five, my deadlifts four fifteen. Granted, because I got like hot, I'm you know I'm pretty tall, and then my bench is three thirty, I think. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's insane. The amount of I just watch your Instagram videos, and it's just like, God damn, like like, like this is insane. Like how is she doing this? So, like, what what got you into the whole, like, powerlifting world? Uh, well, actually, I was um, on the university track and field team, and I was actually a pole vaulter, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Um, but I've always been good at shot put and stuff as well. Um, I was being dumb, and I sprained my ankle snowboarding, and then I just started lifting weights for the summer, and turns out I was way better at it than I was at pole vaulting for mm. sure um so I did my first powerlifting meet I absolutely loved it just because powerlifting if you've ever done it it's a really fun environment and at local meets it's just everyone's super welcoming and it's a cool thing to just jump right into um and then after that I continued on the university track and field team as a thrower and I kind of did powerlifting as a side thing um but after I just started to get way way better at powerlifting than I ever had been at shot put um and actually even though powerlifting is sometimes very difficult to control my sugars during I found that my diabetes impacted my athletic performance in in shot put a lot more surprisingly Hmm. um I just could never control that adrenaline spike you get with those speed and power kind of sports with shot put and for some reason I don't know why whenever my blood sugar would go up in shot put I could not throw that stupid metal ball uh nearly as far as I could in practice whereas with lifting it's just not that I just lift the same I feel yeah. it doesn't affect me as much yeah. I don't know why that is no I mean I well maybe because you're just doing like I mean your rep scheme is pretty short it's from like one to maybe 12 or like three to five right so it could just be like that you know, well, for personally, that what I think is it's your your blood sugars. It's not really cardio kind of, so it won't raise your blood sugar. I think unless you just like get completely amped up and excited, and then just you know, rip the lift or something like that. That I mean, maybe that they'll spike it, but I mean that that's that's what I think. Oh, maybe yeah. Although my sugars they do rise almost every time I do a heavy lifting session, so I have to bolus for that and everything. Um, I think for Shopwood it was just more of a balance. It was a balance thing, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. So, um, so you are you tra- you're training in your living room right now? Yep. So <laughs> it's about so, twenty meters that way. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you? So like, how did you get all the supplies and stuff? Did you get it from the gym that you worked at or were working out at, or did you just buy it online? Uh, actually, I bought my squat rack locally. I bought it in Saskatoon, so I was even surprised they had any left. I just called them up, and it took me four days to took them four days to call me back. But they had a squat rack in stock, so I went and picked it up and built it in my. Had to put it together in my living room, and then I rented some weights from a local gym and rented. Uh, what I rent my bench and a bunch. I bought a bunch of flooring. Okay, so did you get some the, stall mats? Yeah, did you get the three quarter inch like barn stall mats? 
Yep. Yeah. Those, That's what I, I have those down in the basement. Those things are amazing. I, I love them. So they're so good. Yeah. Super hard to carry though into an apartment. It's hard. Yeah, I can't imagine like so. I we built a patio in my house, and I'm trying to drag the drag the mat like out into the patio in the, up from the basement, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, they're like 80 pounds, and so they're like, it's just awkward, an awkward 80 pounds just to move it move it over outside. So it's just like I'm just I got to the point I'm like, forget it, I'm just leaving them in here. Yeah, actually though, they just don't fall. They're super awkward. No, and like even rolling them up, they just immediately just like because they just want to lay flat, and so they just like open up like right when you're ready to pick it up. Yeah, like I, even when I was buying them from uh, the store, the people who were working were so mad at me. They're like, you should have a truck in order to bring those to your house because I just have like a little Mazda hatchback at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'll fold them then. And then they were just too proud to let me do it. So <laughs> I was just like, this is your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so, so, what kind of training are you, what, are you like, so obviously with the Corona stuff going on, are you on like a like a building muscle phase, like or like just a strength phase, or like getting ready for a comp? Are you getting ready for a competition anytime soon? I was getting ready for a competition. Um, Worlds was supposed to be on push back till September for mm-hmm. powerlifting, um, but Canada has backed out of that now. So I'm kind of just deciding what I want to do next. Okay. I'll probably do a muscle building phase. It's better for my sugars for sure. Yeah. So what kind Lower, of yeah, or higher reps. So what kind of programs are you typically doing? Like what is like do you ever do like a lot of accessory work or you know, mobility work or anything like that? I have a mix. Like I do uh, five or six sessions a week. Um, I bench four times a week, I squat two times, then I deadlift two times, and then I do accessory work uh, mixed in with each of those days. And then I also, I try, although I've been sucking at this lately, I try to do two or three 30-minute cardio sessions a week. Okay. So what is that? T- it so, just helps. So is that like running-wise or just like on the tread, like, like on a treadmill, elliptical, rower? Like what do you got? Uh, I like doing that rotating stair climber thing. Oh, okay. The devil? The devil, I guess, yeah, it's my favorite. I just love it. And then probably biking. I don't really, I don't really jog that much anymore. I'm yeah. a lazy powerlifter. <laughs> so with mo- <laughs> with mobility wise, so do you, I know a lot of powerlifters are kind of like not really mobile as much, but like they're kind of stiff because they have to be stiff just to keep that weight, like you know, lift the weight. So do you do like any like yoga stretches or anything like that, or you know? Any other mobility, just weight-wise? Uh, I don't do a ton of stretching, but I do um, foam roll muscles with a lacrosse ball because mm-hmm. everything gets super tight. So that's before every session. There's certain muscle groups that I always hit with the lacrosse ball to loosen up. And then I really do – I miss the sauna. I miss the sauna as far as loosening up muscles. Yeah. I would go foam roll in there with the lacrosse ball. And that was the best thing ever, but it's not sanitary anymore. And it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I would love to do that, but I mean, I just can imagine like all those gross people sweating, even on the, even on the stair, <laughs> uh, even on the, um, the devil. It's pretty much like you'll see people like before Corona. There were a couple people in my gym that would just like sweat all over it, and like <laughs> it was so gross. And I'm like, how are you able to clean this thing off? Because it's you might as well take a mop and just like just go to town with it and just hose it down because it's so nasty. Yeah, just burn it all at this point. <laughs> um, our gyms, our gyms open where you're at. Yeah. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so when I when the gyms weren't open, I have a base like I have a gym in my basement, and I would have to train at like eight p.m. to ten p.m. because I'd have to wake up and like you know, work from, I'm working from home and like, I literally built like almost everything out of like Home Depot supplies, except for like, I, like the box, uh, the squat rack, the bench press. I bought a bench. We got a commercial treadmill. I got like a 10 year old, uh, rower that I got for like a hundred bucks. And then like, I got like a dumbbells, Olympic rings, pull up bars. And you know, I have this thing, it's called, um, the banded March pad. So I used like a piece of plywood and uh, I drilled a set of two by fours on it, and then I used uh, eye screws and screws screwed it to like one side, like one each side, and I used clips and a band, 
and I have like a weight belt and I just attach to the weight belt and I just do like march in place the whole time. Oh, that's actually, that's pretty good. You have a, you have a really intense setup at home. Nice. Yeah, I can, well, I gotta, I gotta show you. It's, it's, I, so I used to be a trainer, uh, like a couple years, like a year ago. So I like all the stuff that they got rid of, they were getting rid of, I would take it. So I have like med balls from them that like are open. I just put duct tape on them. I was, it's like, I don't really need new equipment. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Even that's the, actually like, that's such a solid setup. Yeah. Even the squat rack I made, it was like made out of four by fours and a cement, oh. like cement bucket. So obviously with the weight you're pulling, you're pushing, I can't, I won't be able to put it on there. So it's I most I've had on there. I think it was like three eighty five. Nice. That's yeah. the one from YouTube with the tutorial, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I've seen that one too. I was contemplating doing that, but I until I managed to get a hold of my squat rack, which is cheap actually. It was like three hundred bucks. Yeah, that's a good deal. So I was suspicious already myself, but apparently I have a friend who squats like seven hundred pounds on it all the time, so I should be okay. Yeah, you should be fine. Just don't, just don't put it on. Keep it on the inside. Don't keep it on the outside. Cause I've, yeah, yeah, that's a thing too. Cause I've, I've seen, I've actually seen people put a crap ton of weight on like the outside, and then the power rack just falls right over them. So. Oh yeah, that'd be bad. I have actually almost done that already on the first day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have noticed. Like there was a couple videos that you posted that you were squatting you couldn't you couldn't make it and so you kind of push it back on like those poles on the yes. on the power rack so i mean that's super key because like with my bench with the home depot bench that i have i don't have like any bars to keep like so say if something happens and drop and i can't get it off you know i don't have something that can just like you know rest it on there and roll it off yeah so sketchy i have safeties which is good actually for diabetes things i was uh i was front squatting and i was using bands as clips so i put a band around the outside of one plate and Mm -hmm. stretch it all the way to the other side as a clip interesting um yeah because i the plates would rattle and i'm in an apartment so that was just to quiet them down yeah um and then anyways i was front squatting and i unracked the bar it's sitting on the front of my shoulders um and as i did that the the pegs came out that the bar was resting on so now i have nowhere to set this bar back down on and it simultaneously the band came around and ripped off my lever sensor oh so i'm so mad (laughs) i was holding 200 pounds like that and i just had to it's my living room right you can't really drop the weight so i had to like awkwardly drop it on my legs and i had a huge bruise for a whole week and i'm sure my landlord would not be happy to know that i those kind of incidents that have happened but yeah i mean i'm a quiet tenant so yeah i mean you got the you got the barn stall mat so you're good to go oh yeah for sure like actually he said i was a quiet tenant so i don't know how that's that's happening because i i full-on dropped 400 pounds on the rack at midnight a couple weeks ago damn that's crazy i mean yeah for me if when i was working out at night and I had like did like a clean and jerk with like heavy weight. I literally would have to like put it on my shoulders and then kind of like bounce it and like grab it and then like kind of ease ease my way down to the bottom of it because I can't drop it because I have a I have a five year old and a two year old soon to be two year old and like I'll wake oh. I'll wake I'll wake them up so I can't do that so it's like so I've gotten a lot better I, I think it's 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 been helping me getting stronger so because I'm like literally here and I have to slowly bring it down. And you know, just it, it help that helps build strength and like grip grip strength as well. Yeah, well, and you couldn't drop it from above your head because you're six six, so that would be insane. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky I, I have a thirteen foot you know basement, so. Yeah, especially. Yeah, and I think it's helped me become stronger too, especially trying to set deadlifts down gently. Yeah. Do you do you, so? Do you think like do going slower down on the deadlifts has been a huge help for you? I think so, but I don't think I don't think it's something that should be done all the time. No. Uh, it's just something that I've had to do. Um, I think it's better to probably do it maybe half and half or even a little bit less. Yeah, I agree. If yeah. I had the choice. I yeah. miss dropping the weights. Gyms are open, but it's hard to get to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just the hours are not as good, and yeah. I 
I work in a city that's about an hour and a half away from where I actually would say I live. Yeah. So that's hard. Yeah. Because, like, the, my gym, we're actually open from, like, 4.30 to, I believe, like, normal hours. So, like, to, like, 10 or midnight or something like that, just depending on the day. Yeah, that's actually, that's pretty solid hours. Yeah. 4.30 is nice. I think, ours is normally, the one I would go to is normally 24 hours, but now it's not because of COVID. Mm-hmm. The 24 hours is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm for me now, like, I work I work out in the morning time because I feel like I do, I get a better job of, like, lifting my weights and doing the workouts in the morning compared to being at night because there's been times for me that, like, I hit, like, really low blood sugars right before I go lift weights and then, like, I look at it and I'm like, well, I can't lift weights now, so I might as well just eat something and, you know, be depressed for the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's my biggest pet peeve, but, yeah. I, I hated that more when I was more into running because um, I find when I'm lifting weights it's easy for my sugars to go up if it's high that's when it makes me angry yeah so what what kind of what kind of blood sugar numbers do you usually kind of want to be at while you're lifting weights well ideally in between um, probably about four to eight so in the other in your guys's units that would be uh, 72 to like 160 maybe yeah okay try and aim for that yeah yeah I usually aim for like the 200 mark because I obviously like when I work lift weights I kind of like bottom out a little bit or just depending on what I'm doing so but it's usually like right around that right around that area so no no issues after that yeah you know what when I was doing more Olympic lifting I would want my sugars to be a little bit higher because it would drop. But with powerlifting, they just never do anymore. And I don't know if that's because I'm just doing lower rep, heavier stuff. But I like doing bodybuilding style workouts because my sugars always drop and it's nice. <laughs> yeah. And and if and if anybody doesn't hasn't seen her Instagram, she is like absolutely like jacked, like just ripped. It's insane. <laughs> so how how long how long like how long have you have you been like that pretty much like since since college at all or just like uh i definitely got leaner in my later years of college i finally got a handle on my eating i guess um yeah that's that's basically what happened is i started lifting more and i started just tracking what i was eating more closely and powerlifting actually really helped that too because it kind of gave me a motivator to actually keep my weight down and just monitor what I was eating more. Mm-hmm. So what, like on a used typical day, like what would you be eating or like how much, like how many calories would you eat a day? How many calories? Uh, if I'm trying to maintain my body weight, probably about 2,700. Um, and that's, I think that's pretty high considering I don't do a lot of cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I try to eat not a huge amount of carbs. I try to eat lower carb. For the most part, especially when I'm at work, because I just find I get a really bad stress reaction. Yeah. When I'm at work, if I eat carbs, especially, and then my sugars just don't go down for hours, and it's just hard. Yeah, I I, I feel like that the same way too. Like when I eat, for me, because like there's carbs everywhere, and it's like, and I'm right now I'm working in an office, and so it's like there's they have crap everywhere, like junk food, you know, and it's like. <laughs> so hard for me and everyone keeps on asking me like oh can you eat this or do you do you want me to like do you want me to put like move move to another room and eat this in front like so i don't eat this in front of you i'm like (laughs) no i don't care like and everyone's like and i'm like i could just i could just take enough insulin to eat it but i'm like i really don't want to eat it so (laughs) don't you hate it when they pressure you to eat it though yeah yeah and it's like come on just eat it you'll be fine just take some insulin i'm like i really don't want to like I, I want to save my insulin for something better, like because I don't want to eat this crap cake or, you know, it's a birth, it's like a birthday cake, you know, and they're like, you know, yeah, it's just, I, I don't want to do it. So, um, yeah, like I'm just waiting for the day where I have to slap a cupcake out of somebody's hand. Hey, working at Walmart, it's hard because they just always have baking and stuff, and they're always, they never stop about trying to convince me to eat cake and I'm like do you want me to be the grumpiest pharmacist you've ever seen yeah yeah <laughs> like, I'm gonna be so mad if I eat this 
<laughs> so um, I've, as a pharmacist, so you typically standing like a good amount of the day, like pretty much the whole time? Do I typically stand, what, stand during the whole time? Yeah, for most part of the day. Like I, if I work evenings, I get to sit down more, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So, so how do how how does that like does that you think that helps out with your lifting or or just to kind of like makes your legs like too tired to even like lift? I think it's a little detrimental to my lifting. Probably better than sitting all day, but I find my quads and my calves get so tight that I have to warm up for ages before I before I lift heavy. So it is kind of hard that way. But yeah. I would still prefer it to sitting. Yeah, I, I they they actually gave me a standing desk that like goes up and down so I can sit down or stand up, and I would always stand up because I just can't. I don't want to sit down and be lazy because like everyone, everyone that I work in the office like they always sit down and they always complain about their back or like something else, and I'm like I don't want no that's not gonna be me, not gonna be me. I can't. I, can't, I, feel like I won't be that guy. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. So and I always walk around and stuff too. So that's that's another thing. It's, oh yeah, I'm always doing my weird stretches in our little back room sort of thing and everyone's just accepted it by now which is good yeah i phone i phone so like in my office is a back space and i, I foam roll like in that area and so there oh, were nice. there were like tons of people looking at me like what is this like what are you doing and then like there's a then finally like a couple of the other other uh my other uh co-workers have been starting using it too so it's like okay right everyone's getting used to it Oh man, that's awesome! I'm so jealous that you have that um, at your workplace. Yeah, and and it's funny, like we have we have like uh, arrows pointing in what way we have to walk. So it's like sometimes we have to walk even longer just to get back to our desk. So it's like I kind of just feel that as like exercising and getting my steps in before you know I work out or, you know, you know, pretty much just try to get as get as much exercise as I can. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of time where I just. Yeah, like the the washroom's across the store, so I'll just take a full lap around the store. Really fast, though, because I can't really stay away for long if yeah. it's just me. So I just, like, run around the store and come back, basically. Yeah. So uh, so with, with the back to powerlifting, so, like, what's your warm-ups tip- typically look like? Uh, typically for training or for competition? Uh, either, either or. I mean, I, let, let, let's do let's do training. Training, okay. I would um, usually try to go for a, either a jog or do like a, a circuit-style warm-up where I do push-ups, pull-ups, some sort of leg exercise, some sort of squat just to try and get my body moving. Mm-hmm. And then I do my foam rolling with a lacrosse ball. And then I usually just start out with the exercise I'm doing at a lighter weight and kind of work up to my top sets. And by then, I'm pretty warmed up for the next exercise, so then we're good to go. Yeah, so do you try to hit your, hit your top set like while you're warming up or just get to the floor and then hit your top set? Uh, I just, uh, I definitely do my warm-up separately and then head into my top set. So I'll, um, yeah, I'll start it with the bar and then put on a plate each side, another plate, another plate, and do however many reps I'm doing mm-hmm. for my top set. And then once I hit that, I, I usually have some back off volume work. So if I'm doing a top set of three, I might end up with some sets of five or eight um, after that. Okay. That are lighter. All right, cool. Very cool. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, for me, for me, when I warm up, I just do that band and March thing and do pull-ups and kettlebell swings to kind of warm up. And then like, oh, yeah. With the bar, and I'll use the bar like a little bit, and then I'll just start at like like what you do. You just add the weight and keep on just adding the weight, and then, you know, start the workout. Yeah, absolutely. Kettlebell swings are great, actually. Yeah, I, I wish I, I had a homemade kettlebell. Yeah, I love it. So like, I don't even I don't have a kettlebell. I I have a fifty five pound dumbbell that I use as a kettlebell, and I I don't go like American standards like over the head. I just do like a Russian just like all the way up to my shoulders because that's the last thing I want to do is like have the thing slip and fall on my head. So that's why I just keep keep it going straight. So, yeah. That's nuts. Oh, I don't even I, – I don't have dumbbells right now, which is kind of a thing that I would like to have in my place. Yeah. I just do weird exercises with the plates, mm-hmm. which are really big and flat. So I'll do shoulder press like pizza press Yep. with the plates. 
which is actually good. It just looks weird. And if my neighbors were ever to look into my living room, they would just, I don't know what they would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have, like, if I work out outside, like, I'll get my neighbors looking at me, like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, just, <laughs> he's trying to kill himself out there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm, like, just suffering and just sit down, and I go, and then I immediately have to go for a run or something like that. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's your squat rack and be like, hey, there's a, is that a homemade guillotine? Like, <laughs> that's what it looked like to me with all the wood. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, there's, there's a lot of wood down there. It's, it's pretty funny. It's like, I just try to be resourceful. So, which I, which I was, and I'm very grateful. And everyone, everyone's like, cause down here, I didn't like up there, like you can't get anything at the sports, sports stores at all. They're like, there's nothing. And even like with rogues too, if you try to get rogue bumper plates or something, like you have to, you know, wait till like August to get them. So, which is insane. So, yeah, like, it, and if you can build it yourself, why not? Yeah, yeah, I, I that's all I do. It's I, and I love it. I always try to find like other things I could do to you know use wood to you know help with this like you know me work exercising. So, yeah, I have, still have to try and build myself some sort of plate rack. Which, if you look on Pinterest, so many people trying to do it with PVC pipe and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought too. Have you tried? No, I don't know. I just, so for me, I put the weights on the side of the mats and kind of like, and that's, that's, I mean, I just leave them there because I don't, I don't have, um, you know, a tree or anything like that. I just, I just kind of just throw them to the side and just leave them as is. Yeah, me too, except I've, dented the walls a little bit doing that because yeah because the they, plates are so thin and heavy yeah because you because you have the metal yeah because you have the metal ones up all mine are like bumper plates or except uh i do have a couple like metal tens but i'll just throw them on the floor and it's concrete so nice so i'm very grateful that for that be, yeah no doubt uh i can't complain about my plates though but that is one thing i mean it's not I'm going to be moving out of this place soon and renting a house to myself. Mm -hmm. And it has a garage. Nice. Which I'm pumped about. Nice. So, I, yeah, they're going to heat it for me. So I'm super amped to have an actual home gym setup that I don't have to worry about mangling all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love, like, garage gyms. I think they're so cool. And you could do so much. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see your setup. Your, yours is probably going to be pretty sick. Oh, it'll probably just be the same thing, but... It'll just be cool because the house I'm renting has a like a, a deck right around the corner, so mm -hmm. um, yeah, it'll probably just be nice and bright. So I'm excited. Yeah, good, good. So um, I kind of also want to talk about your social media following, like your social media, how it's like you have a huge amount of followers. Uh, yeah, you know what? Ask away. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so. Like there was one time I I was showing my coworkers like hey I'm gonna be interviewing I'm I'm gonna be inter interviewing this this person in like on Sunday, and it was like at 125 and then like literally two days later it's already at like 126, so how did you so like when did you notice like that big explosion of like all those followers like onto your page? You know I was just looking at that because I couldn't remember, and um. There was this one video in 2017 where I was deadlifting uh, 405 for, I think, six reps. And um, that video just got reposted a ton of times. Uh, and it, it got reposted on Facebook and got over a million views. Damn. Yeah, so I got, I, I didn't know where it came from. And I was all of a sudden getting like a crazy amount of followers. And I think at that time it was maybe 30. 40 or 50,000, which was nuts to me because I never, I'd been powerlifting for I think three years already and I, I never even took videos of meets or anything. I just took like crappy, low quality pictures, but maybe it was just the quality of the video was good. I'm not sure, but that one got reposted a bunch of times and it started growing from there and I started posting more after that mm -hmm. just because it was something that, um, I guess I, people are interested in like i just never was a person who thought i would have a big social media following yeah yeah well i i think i think it's well obviously 
you lift like crazy heavy weights and it's not like an average person can do this and they see like a 5'7 female you know doing like lifting these crazy amount of weights they're just like in awe of it and they just you know it's almost like a car accident like you you just can't stop looking at it so and it's you're just like wow this is like amazing like how is she doing this <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think that's definitely some of the appeal of powerlifting for sure as <laughs> you're just like are they gonna make it yeah um you're just waiting for some sort of joint to blow out or something but um no i think it kind of coincided with women getting more involved in lifting weights too so it's just good timing but um yeah, it's been something I've had a lot of fun with for sure too. Yeah, and then also obviously with like a high, high following with like social media and stuff like that, you get like sponsors and stuff. So how do you, like, how do you deal with like what kind of sponsors you want to like you want to work with or like do you have like a, I don't know, like do you look at them like previously and be like, okay, you know, this is what they're all about, and you know, maybe I want to get involved with it, or you know, they do this and I want no part of it. Yeah, exactly. So I did, uh, I did end up, I started to get sponsorship offers quite a while ago, but I've been really selective with who I've picked because I just don't want to promote something that I don't actually use. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll never see me with a CBD sponsorship. (laughs) I don't know what it is about that, but, um, (laughs) you won't see me promoting that just because I just feel it's not wouldn't be genuine for me yeah um i picked inner strength products because they uh i just really like what they do they supply powerlifting equipment and they support powerlifting in the community Mm -hmm. um, which i always thought was amazing and actually in my first powerlifting me way back in 2013 um the owner raya was actually uh she lent me her belt oh cool and i didn't even know her which i thought was the coolest thing ever and super nice because we were um, we were competing against each other at the time. She's obviously so much better than me, but um, things like that. Uh, Supplement World in Saskatoon, because they're actually uh, like a locally owned chain now. Mm-hmm. And they just, the stuff they do in the community is really good, and they've been super supportive. And with them, I always have the freedom to choose which supplements I promote. Um, and now it's kind of weird because I do have a dual sponsorship with them and Diamatize. Um, but I chose Diamatize above the other ones because uh, they have tested products. Um, so as a drug-tested athlete, I always um, – I would never pick a supplement company that I didn't like what they were about. Mm-hmm. And I feel that Diamatize is a super upfront company. Plus, I was already using a lot of their products, like their pre-workout and protein powder. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta watch how much of their protein powder I eat because they have a, like a fruity pebbles and a cocoa pebbles one, and I can't. I don't really eat cereal because it's too carby. Yeah, really. But mm-hmm. I gotta watch it because I love that stuff. And yeah, um, I guess it could be worse as far as things to eat, but yeah. Well, that's yeah, very that's cool. A- you you probably get like hundreds of people like want wanting it, wanted you like to pimp their product out. Like on on, on average, like how many people will try to reach out to you just for that? Oh, a lot. I've been getting some really hilarious ones lately. I don't know why. Like just this morning, actually, someone messaged me about promoting a knee brace, and then I looked in their bio, and they they spelled a bunch of words wrong. <laughs> like we think you'd be a great ambassador we have the they just spew a bunch of bs at you and hope it sticks i guess yeah i mean even even with me and even with me i'm like almost at like four thousand followers it's like they still get promoted like hey this where am i like where are my t-shirts and stuff i'm like wait a second type one lifting is a t-shirt company and then like or like you know try my supplements and you know and and what it is is if you get involved with their supplements, you 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 buy you put in like a hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff, and you get this whole packet, and then you get like twenty percent off of like use my code, you know, type one ten or something like that, and you get a discount. It's like I don't I don't use your stuff, so like I don't want to do that. And plus, like it's kind of like my my Instagram is kind of like my business page, so it's like I'm trying to promote my my t-shirts, and it's like. I really can't really promote anything else. 
t-shirts. Yeah, or like supplements and stuff like that. I mean, I I I don't know. I can maybe see me like like doing the supplement stuff, but like obviously it has to be like diabetic friendly and like tested and all that stuff, but like like I don't even know if it's even even worth it for like like what I'm trying to do. So, you know. Yeah, for the most part pro- probably not. I held off on the supplements for a long time because uh I don't know, it just wasn't something that I They wanted me to to do a ton of promotion and kind of almost spam people the offers I did get. Mm-hmm. Whereas now with Diamondize and Supplement World, they're not like that at all and they're actually just really supportive and instead of just being about straight up promotion all the time. Yeah. It's like it's um, like you have to take a picture with like this this protein supplement like facing this camera and it has to show like for this amount of seconds or like stuff like that. It's just like it's insane about like all the stuff they're like they're asking people to do. Yeah, exactly. And now I only accept sponsorships from well usually stuff that I'm already using actually like yeah. um my newest one is Rascal Apparel which uh, it, it's funny because uh, I just love their shirts so much. There's one I don't know if you saw. I posted about it. it was this is uh, this is your body on creatine? Yes, I saw that one with the rainbow. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I just loved it so much. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up, a long story short, I guess becoming sponsored by them from that post. But it was just something I ordered and loved, absolutely mm-hmm. loved, and um. Yeah, I think it turned out for the best because their shirts are so awesome and I just, there's no, uh, like I don't have to post anything at all. It's just I post what I what I feel like Yeah. and just because I really genuinely like their stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, that is a great pick. That is a great t-shirt. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm jealous I didn't think of that. Damn it. So. <laughs> I know, it's just such a good design as well. Like it's just, it's perfect, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple. I've had a couple T-shirts that I've I've designed, and I'm like, oh, th- these are gonna knock it out of the park. And then like I put them on my website, and they just don't do absolutely nothing. And then I'm wearing the shirt like out in public, like, oh, that's a cool shirt. And I'm like, oh, you should check the website out. You know, it goes, you know, proceeds of the shirts go to the Children's Diabetes Foundation, and no one gets it. And it's like, you like it, but why don't you get it? Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a it's a tough thing to. Um... Yeah, and like people DM me and they're like, "You should get me a shirt." And yeah. I'm just like, "No, that's that's not how this works." Yeah, I can't I can't imagine what your DM looks like. <laughs> you sometimes you, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably better than normal, but for a while there, I don't know why. There's just a lot of there's a lot of strange people on the internet. Yeah, I mean, because they have a platform, so that's that's the main thing. Yeah, I usually I look through a lot of my DMs to try and answer diabetes questions for sure, but that's a, that's a landmine. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so there's lots of times people try and stick their foot in the door by asking something about diabetes. Oh, oh yeah, and then they turn out to be a level ten creeper, and it's just <laughs> I just wish I never answered. Yeah, no, I I hear you. So we got uh, like two questions left. Okay, so um, what is your favorite book that you've read? multiple times or have you read once and you're just like absolutely obsessed with it like any kind of book a- any kind of book oh man well when I was a kid I read all the Harry Potter books over and over and over I actually wore out one of the copies okay so that's one okay I was a Harry Potter nerd for sure um but as an adult I think uh I read Gone with the Wind quite a few times okay interesting yeah. All right, and I then, just listen to audiobooks. Anyways, yeah, I, yeah, I listen to podcasts the whole time. So, um, okay, so last thing, so um, what would you tell a diabetic that just a new onset diabetic of what's gonna happen? Oh well, maybe I guess my best piece of advice would be that uh, I always say you can do anything with type one diabetes uh, than a non-diabetic person could. It's just going to be more difficult. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd say for sure. Okay, awesome. Well, Jess, thank you very much for doing this podcast. I really, truly mean a lot. My recording's going to stop in about probably a minute, so I just wanted to 
you know, say thank you very much, and I really do appreciate everything that you've done. Oh, for sure. Well, thanks for having me on, and I just appreciate being able to have this conversation. Yeah. All right.